Were you bending the throttle stick? <laughs> I was kind of. I was like, come on, baby, get up, get on step, get on step. I was just trying to really ease it in, keep it kind of level. Um, this, th- this throttle stick goes to 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the RC Roundtable. I am Fitz Walker, and joining me is Lee Ray. Hi. I, I, I do not know this guy who is speaking. <laughs> and Terry Dunn. I don't have a James Earl Jones impersonation, so I'll just be me. <laughs> Luke, I am your father. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're acting strange because it has been a while since the three of us have been together. It has. Yeah, it's been so long we don't know how to act in front of each other anymore. I don't think we ever knew to begin with. <laughs> well, if you're still awake after that opening, uh, welcome to another fun-filled episode of the RC Roundtable. And yes, it's been really weird. At uh, We were just thinking, you know, it's been two or three episodes since we've actually all been together at one time. Right, you guys did the on-location at Bomber Field and then another on-location at Best. Yeah, we've been traveling. Yeah, so I've been on a hiatus. Yeah, do you... Do, do, you sure you're recording? You remember how to use that thing? <laughs> yeah. Did it take you that long to get off your neat high? Um, you know, it kind of did. It really did. I'd like our listeners to know we have not, just repeat, we have not actually talked to Terry about neat. He has been like tight-lipped about the experience because he wanted to save it for the show. So a lot of uh, talk today will be us probing terry for information on neat all we saw were the photos he took and posted but i want to know so much more yeah acquiring minds want to know well probe all you want i forgot everything (laughs) (laughs) we'll find out Uh, stay tuned we'll get to that in just a moment Uh, but first off let's talk about some of the new stuff we haven't talked to each other i think a couple of new things popped up Uh, i guess the first thing is the dh2 turbo beaver from fly zone uh, this is a 60-inch ready. Well, okay. The, the title says receiver ready with Spectrum receiver. So I'm thinking, wait, what? Am I missing something? <laughs> right. And it's cheaper than the version that doesn't show a receiver. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that's uh, an error or they just want you to buy receivers or something. I, I don't know. Huh. I just thought that was weird. I was reading it. I was like, wait a minute. Am I missing something? But Well, well the, there's still a few months out. So uh, I think the dust will settle. So, by so the maybe they'll correct that. Okay. But despite that, it's a really nice looking plane, actually. Okay, well, I think this is very interesting because when the whole merger happened, or the takeover, however you want to label it, I think we predicted that FlyZone was going to go away. Yes, we did. Here we are with a new FlyZone product, and it's got eFlight stuff integrated into it. So I think that's a good sign that they might stick around for a while. Yeah, more proof that we have no clue what we're talking about. (laughs) As if we needed more proof. Although the case was open and shut. Well, what's interesting is it's not an AS3X Lee, but it's actually got the AR620 quote unquote receiver, antennaless receiver. Well, if you have, <laughs> if you're looking at the one that's for 149 on their page, it actually says 
and the need to complete full range transmitter and receiver. So, you know, you, you have to decide what you're going to buy. There. <laughs> I think there's some mislabeling there, but yeah. you're right. I mean, we, and I had a discussion with some people online uh, on Facebook on some groups about the 620 and there were some people who were, who were using it. And in fact, I used both the uh, four and the six at best and had knock on wood, no issues. Oh, nice. Oh man, really? I didn't know that. I would have liked to take a look at it in, in person. I didn't notice. Well, with Tony, I was able to shove that little four channel, looks like a flash drive. Well, it's a little bit thicker than a flash drive, into that uh, E Hawkeye that I won. Oh, so yeah. He and I could fly guy. together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that, Lee. I've got one here. I won one of those at Neat last year. Actually, my daughter did. So you were telling me about it, and I was just kind of nodding my head. You know, agreeing with you, but then when I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, now I see what he's talking about. <laughs> so, does it fly well? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on it real quick, and then we're gonna go back to the Turbo Beaver. And if we have time, we'll we'll bring back the Hawkeye as a new product. That's uh, okay. an yes. old product. I like it. Yeah, as, as well in in this little section of our show, gotcha. I like it way better than that uh, POS that I was uh, flying before. That I, you know, that guy dorked way much, much more fun. And I love that Tony was able to shove it in his suitcase and come out and fly with us. And, you know, when I won it, he was just like, Lee, let's go. <laughs> let's go. What are you waiting for? Here's a battery. Let's go. So the going back to the receiver four channel fits, it's, it's kind of a push in there, but it worked. So would highly recommend it. And when we flew, I mean, it's a park flyer, but we, there were a couple of times we got pretty high, never once felt like I had a glitch. So yes. Winner on the receiver, winner on the plane. Yeah, fantastic. Back to the turbo. All right, back to the turbo. Uh, let's see. It's got uh, functional flaps. That's got some nice, uh, not follow. What do you call those things? Split flaps? No. Split is when only the bottom comes. Uh, they're not plain. They're, not, they're sort of uh, offset hinged flaps, I guess. Isn't that Fowler? That's Fowler. No, the, not the quite. The edge of the. No, Fowlers go da- out and down, if I remember correctly. I don't think uh-huh. these are true Fowler flaps. I'm sure there's people screaming at their yeah. iPod right now. No, you idiot. They're blah, 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 yeah. flaps. But anyways. Well, and what's even worse is I have the Flyzone Beaver, the original, and I couldn't tell you, but it didn't need flaps. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, uh, so does yours have lights? This one has LED lights in it. Gosh, if it did, I did not use them or chose uh. not to. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm curious about this plane. I like the look of this one versus the older style, but as you were talking about would fly zone stay in business uh you know they already had the molds for most of this so or, or <laughs> they had a huge supply of the foam <laughs> to, to pour into the molds mm. uh, I, I i i'm not sure i mine's okay i don't have a problem with it i, I think it's an enjoyable plane it's not one of my favorites you mean the are, older fly zone version of a standard radial engine beaver yes do you think there's a yes. lot of um similar parts the 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 floats <laughs> <laughs> the <boats. laughs> they, they've they've got the uh the Haviland trademark purchase right <laughs> that's all they need yeah. yeah see that little light on top the part that i <laughs> right. that i broke off yeah that they have that the little antennas yeah right there i broke one of those off too <laughs> now, now, now lee does yours have a brushless motor in it it does it does okay yeah. they're sort of hinting that this had a 
Well, okay, this has a more powerful brushless motor, so it oh, must have I'm changed sure. it slightly. It, it needed more power. Yeah, okay. Uh, it, it's a it's a terrible rolling aircraft. It takes forever. <laughs> you you need to start ten errors high to, to get that sucker to roll. Uh, it's again, it's not my favorite. One of the one of the questions I have though about this, and I haven't looked at the manual, is if they've improved the rudder steering. And from what I can tell, it's the same uh, poor contraption. I wish they had somehow incorporated a, a, a servo, a direct servo for the float driven one. Um, I know there's a great thread on RC groups that people have shown their modifications for that, and it's the right way to go. This method of running a pulley system through the tail and back around to the other side, I think is... Uh, okay, because I saw that it said this new one comes with steerable water rudder on the floats, but it's not a separate servo? It is not. Yeah. Hmm, okay. So, anyway. But it looks good. On ground and water. I watched the video. Yeah, I like it. it, it and, and if I had a choice between this one and the, the, the radial, I would have taken the other one. I would have taken this one, excuse me. Okay. And cosmetically, this seems to be a notch above what I would normally expect from a fly zone. Yeah. Now, I fly mine currently with wheels because I switched. I had it. We built it with floats, and I said, okay, this is great. But then I, I think I may have taxied it once on water, like in the pool. But I switched back to the <laughs> wheels, and you know, it's just easier for me to fly around. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's the one of those little comments. If this is a plane you're interested in, there are a lot of tiny little screws for you to maintain between the floats and the wheels. So get yourself a little cup, uh, medicine bottle or something, or a magnet tray, and make sure you keep track of everything. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hey, Speaking of tiny screws, just a side note, I noticed that the DC-3s are back. They Yes, I saw that too. Which was another surprise, because we thought that was, they had been... Uh, well, they actually said discontinued. Yeah, they said they discontinued. Did. And they're back. I don't know if they changed anything, but that's interesting that they reappeared and uh, under the, still under the same fly zone uh, moniker. Right, we're talking about the micro fly zones here. Yeah. I didn't yeah. look to see if they've made any changes... But yeah, I was surprised to see that they're back. Hmm. So. Well, I'm, I pulled up the DC three. I've always gone to Tower's site to to look at the information on the the DC three. But I'm looking at Horizon Hobbies. And it's only got two stars, <laughs> and, there, and there are no reviews. So I, if, I, if they'd been at neat, they would have rated it higher. Mine got a lot of flight timing. Okay, I, I'll okay. tell you about that in a minute. Hmm. Did you modify yours? No, you added a bigger battery, right? D- Wait, wait. Oh, man. See, I told you. I just want everybody to know we had no conversation with Terry. He would never talk to us. So me trying to get (laughs) something out. Now I'm the bad guy. (laughs) You got the virtual light in his face. (laughs) All right. I will stop talking. Cease. Okay. So go back to the turbo. You want to summarize our our thoughts on this bad boy? It's red. (laughs) It, It seems like a pretty good price, though. I mean, we can't really figure out what you're getting for your 150 or your 200 because it seems the descriptions are screwed up on the tower site. <laughs> exactly. But either way, that seems in line with this kind of stuff. And so, if we're going to follow up full circle with that type of receiver, it's what the, that receiver is. Is that 39? I got to pull it up there. But the, the difference is 20, one's 29 and one's 39, or am I right on that? Yeah, I guess the, the one who bought them. Well, the, the 29 is only four channel, right? Right, so yeah, so, so it's, it's so, forty bucks. So it can't be the twenty nine because it just says flaps. So yeah, so I'm just saying. So for forty bucks, you have to add forty bucks. That's so that's yeah. one, you know, 
190, I guess, but mm. it's a good receiver. So if you have your own little transmitter and, you know, three, or if you already have your receiver, obviously, but if you, you know, if you throw in the 620, it's not a bad deal. Right. And boy, that's, and it's, uh, it's so small. It's, you know, that's another nice feature is that with the small receiver with no extra satellite, it's something you can pull out pretty quickly and swap to another plane. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, like I said, it's, it certainly is pretty. So, uh, hopefully the, they fixed the float rudders, but it doesn't look like they did. But other than that... Well, as I said, yeah, if they didn't, I'm sure someone will start a new thread on RC groups on this mm. new one, and I would highly recommend that. Just yeah. uh, go away from that pulley system and, and stick with the yeah. direct drive. Right, and so they're teasing us that it looks like they're not going to be available until late January and late March, depending on which version you want. So. Oh, yeah. Wow. Those are really yeah. early tease. Man, such a tease. Like back in high wow. school. That's pretty bad for Christmas. Yeah, it ain't Christmas. <laughs> You're not making Christmas, that one looks like. All right. All right, then. Next up, we have uh, from Horizon E-Flight this time. has a nice little pits that popped up. Uh, let's see, 33-inch span, so not very big, but not a UMX either. Well, 33 is not a bad size for a pits. Fit a lot of airplane in the 33 inch span. Yeah, I'll get the video. It, w- it seemed bigger than the, the measurements would indicate. Did you watch the video? Yeah, I did. Holy cow. Yeah, snap rolls. Yeah, snap rolls. Little bugger. Yeah, yeah. it was a blur. <laughs> it was going the speed of foam. <laughs> <laughs> Snapping at the speed of foam. Uh, so that, that's pretty nice. It, interesting, they say they have it's compatible with both 3 and 4S batteries. Uh, uh, it's got flying wires that you can put on it, which was kind of nice. I noticed that in the video, and they actually make a note of that. They say, hey, optional Are flying wires. cosmetic or functional? Uh, it says optional, so I'm guessing they're cosmetic. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's neat. Yeah, that's nice. I remember when we were talking about that uh, Ryan STA, uh, big plane that was on Tower Hobbies we reviewed a long time yeah. ago. It That was the one thing it was missing was uh, wing struts, wing wiring. Yeah. Hey. That'd make it. That, that would finish it off. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice touch because I noticed it in the video. I was like, hey, it's got little flying wires. That's pretty cool. Now, now this was funny. <laughs> it's got a matching spinner. Are you adding a laugh track? Because I'm not sure why. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was funny that they mentioned that it's got a matching spinner. Like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> they made a point to say it says plus a matching spinner. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm not saying I'm the most excited person about pits. They're real nice planes, but I just, you know, it, it's, but when I saw it fly, I was like, yeah, it's actually really impressive. It flies really, really nice. Uh, it looked like, a, it looked like a very fun plane to fly around. Yeah. Our buddy Chris Wolf got one and he did an unboxing. I think he's going to be doing some flight video soon. So I'm going to be keeping an eye open for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll take a look at that. See, see what he says about it. So this one's already in stock. It's available. I didn't notice any pre-marketing for it. Just bam, there it is. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily on the grid with that. So uh, I don't know. Maybe they figured it, it would sell itself. Uh, don't know what else, else I can say about it. It's a pit. Well, it's, it's red. It's tool tool free assembly. Oh, that's right. Yes. That. So it's a convenient size. You shouldn't have to disassemble it, but if you do, they're advertising that it uses pins and body clips to pop the wing on and off pretty easily, supposedly. So, you know, with biplanes, that can be kind of a pain to disassemble them. So it's nice that they seem like they've engineered into it that you can disassemble it relatively quick and easy, if you so desire. Yeah, I would say go watch the video on the Horizon site, and that'll give you a pretty good 
idea of the the range of flight performance. Yeah, I was impressed. It, they were hovering it 3D style, and then yeah. doing some some big stuff, and then some very snappy stuff. So yeah, I it did more than I thought you could with the pits. Yeah, I agree. I, I was real impressed with the flight demo they had. Uh, okay, well, another one down the can. Uh, did you guys see the link I sent you about the kit announcement from Seagull Models? I did. What do you think? Of the, well, I guess I should say what it was. So Seagull Models had an announcement on their Facebook page, the only place I saw it, I didn't see it on their website, unless, uh, unless they recently updated it, that they're going to start producing the old-fashioned wood kits. Laser cut, of course, but... Uh, the, the old glue a bunch of pieces of wood together and cover and make your own kit. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And they're starting with a, what is it, 60-something, 70-inch, 20cc P47. Uh, there's no prices. They haven't said when they're going to, oh, December. They're looking at December of this year, introducing it. And they had a picture of it. They have several different pictures. And you can see a cowl and some bombs and a bunch of laser-cut wood. And I thought, well, that's interesting that they're starting to offer their own kits. And I don't know if it's a modification of their ARFs or this is a totally new design. But it's interesting how they say they they recognize that people like to build their own planes and a sense of accomplishment that comes with that. And so I thought, well, that's an interesting development. I'm really curious about what other items, what other planes they may come out with. You guys yeah. have any thoughts on that? No, it's good to see somebody else getting into the kit market because all we've seen recently, or most of what we've seen, is companies getting out of the kit market. So, yeah, it's good to have another player there. And I think a lot of people will be happy that there's new kits on the the large Warbird scene because I think a lot of people are really concerned about top flight going away. So I don't know if it's going to fill that void, but it might. Well, it certainly helps. Uh, it looks yeah. like some pretty interesting engineering on their kit. Interlocking parts, they have pictures of the fuselage going together. And uh, it's uh, pretty interesting. It looks like they've laser cut some of the fuselage parts. Not just the, the framework and, and formers, but actual uh, wing fillets. And perhaps some of the sheeting on the side. It's hard to tell, but I see numbers on it. So maybe they've engineered it to go together pretty quickly. Because yeah, the P-47 has, of course, quite a bit of compound curves on it and stuff. So it's a pretty interesting. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot of pieces for the fuselage sheeting. Right. So where do you buy Seagull in the U.S.? Uh, I think SIG is, has sells the ARFs. And where else? Um, Local hobby shop. Yeah, I guess the, the... Well, they have to get it through a distributor somewhere, right? Well, just, just go to your hobby shop and say, buy this. <laughs> <laughs> buy it for now. me. <laughs> buy, 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 buy. <laughs> no questions. Uh, so, yeah, check with your local hobby shop, see if they can get it. If not, I think SIG is a distributor. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm on the SIG site, and they have Seagull ARFs. Yeah. So it doesn't mention the kits yet. Yeah. It sounds like that's... Preliminary. Yeah, that's a good question. Who's going to, if, if that's the normal distributors, or are they going to sell direct? It's, there's really no details other than we're going to do this and look for it around December of this year. Right. So it'll be interesting. I imagine there's going to be some growing pains as they figure out you know, instruction manuals and plans and yeah. you know, all the stuff they don't normally have to deal with for, for the ARF side. But yeah, it, hopefully it'll work out. 
Yeah, we shall see. All right, on that note, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, one of the things that's happened uh, while we were away at various fly-ins is, of course, the FAA 2018 reauthorization bill. No! (laughs) Sorry, did I I say that out loud? Trust your feelings. You know it'd be true. (laughs) It's impossible! (laughs) You are beaten. That's impossible! Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it passed with both the House and the Senate. Back to the House. And now, uh, did the President sign it or is it still on his desk? I can't <laughs> he signed it the next day. Oh, yeah, that's right. It went pretty quick. It was, uh, the pen didn't even get cold. Uh, so now it is somewhat the law of the land, I think. Well, it is and it isn't. It is delegated now to the FAA, if I understand correctly, and it's up to them to come up with uh, the new rules. So, Lee, what's what's the details? What's going on? What uh, uh, what keeps you awake at night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Well, it, it happened. We had this discussion over and over again. I'll try to keep it very brief. We knew we probably couldn't stop the bill. The bill had too much stuff in it. The bill, by the way, if you didn't know this already, was 1,205 pages long. And Which I'm sure they read. Yeah, front to back. Uh, We start on page 282 and end at page 290. Excuse me. In the past, it took two pages to dictate Rule 336, and now we have nine pages that control us. And some of this is, as the AMA says, is good. Some of this is what we're used to. And then, of course, some of it is just, you know, oh, my gosh, why was this happening to us? So Uh, so at this point, Rule 336 is... Has been nuked from orbit. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was probably DeFazio who said, "Hey guys, just do me a favor. Could you just stick this line right here in this bill that says Rule Three Three Six is done? You know, kaput, finished." <laughs> what Rule Three Three Six? What are you it's talking gone about? Gone in a hand. I'm not kidding you. It does. It actually says Rule Three Three Six is now null and void. Oh, they actually extent. they actually pointed out pointed out. Oh yeah, it's actually in. That's what I'm saying. They this you know one more stab just to make oh. sure it's dead. So this means you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote this down. This way, it can go a little faster. But uh, first off, we we don't have rule three three six. We now have section three four nine. So start remembering that rule three three six is gone. We are now basically uh, punished under section three four nine. Punished. And here's what the new requirements. Uh, pretty much say. So this is my abbreviated version. Uh, rule one: You can only fly for fun, not for spite. Number two, you have to follow safety guidelines from the FAA or CBO, no matter how silly they are. Number three, vir- virtual line of sight only unless you have a spotter nearby who's not uh, in a drunken stupor. I think you mean visual, uh, not virtual, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, visual, virtual, whatever makes you happy. Two twenty, two twenty one, whatever the, it takes. The one that we, the one that we all follow, number four, which is just makes sense. Don't get in the way of big airplanes. Don't you know, be stupid. Just, don't be stupid. I mean, it's. it's so that was just, that's just a carryover. Uh, what is the number? Number E7, whatever. Uh, all airport classes trump your tiny flying field. 
400 feet or bust because the FA will bust your ass if you exceed 400 feet. And then get rid of get ready for one hell of a terrible online quiz that you'll have to take. And here's here's question number 24 for you. True or false? The FAA will most likely raise the registration fee in the next two and three years so, so they can profit from safe, law-abiding model aviation enthusiasts who have nothing to do with the problems Congressman DeFazio is complaining about. All right, so I don't want to dwell on any of these, but go back to the 400-foot thing for a minute because not long after all this stuff was signed, AMA sent out a thing saying they're working with the FAA to I'll get to that. Make that in, oh, okay. Sorry. I'll get to that. Yeah, shoot, but, 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 He's on a soapbox. Don't interrupt him. I'm on my soapbox. And the last one is, is my, I call it papers, please. <laughs> there are your papers. Yeah. <laughs> no ticket. Uh, you have to mark every model airplane with that silly registration number you got from the FAA that does absolutely, positively nothing. To protect and six the inch airspace. illuminated characters. Oh, pretty soon they'll be having it'll have to be Aerial flashing font. letters on the side of your airplane. You know who knows. Um, and you have to tow a banner, disco font. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if you have a especially if you have a jet uh, an EDF fly behind that. Uh, and I just want to let everybody know this is the other key thing is even with all these items here, which are in a bill that was signed by the president, the FAA and this could be just my opinion. You guys can you know call me a liar or I'm misled, but the FAA still runs the UAS. They have it in the Defense Department bill that they pretty much are the ultimate authority over unmanned aerial systems. And in the new section 349, it states clearly in text, nothing in this section prohibits the administrator from promulgating rules generally applicable to unmanned aircraft, including those unmanned aircraft eligible for the following section. I'm just saying they still can make changes however they feel. Right. Well, in other because words, this is only the beginning. Yeah, that, now, that, that's how I read it. Basically, they delegated it to the FAA to, 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 for them to do whatever the heck they want to do. Right. Yeah. And Bohica. Me, I'm going to go back to the AMA's uh, announcement. This was mentioned at best. And I had Tom Blakeney show me the quote that some guy said, I wouldn't be posting this if I didn't think it was true. And I'm, I'm hesitant to accept it until I really get the definitive answer that the AMA is working with the FAA now that they are considered the CBO to change some regulations based on, I guess, AMA activity or sanctioned events or maybe even sanctioned fields to uh, approve that 400 foot and beyond limit for events i don't think it's in general i think it's only for events so if you're you know we, we love the glider events and i love flying over 400 feet when i'm in my glider and i'm you know catching thermals left and right but i also follow that rule right above it that says don't get in the way of big airplanes you know well, and you, yeah, you, how are they going to enforce that i'm not saying go out and break the rule but really uh, how are they going to know how high you are how are they going to it's just another stupid, unenforceable rule that makes no sense to implement. I, you're right. And I think, you know, it's Tony mentioned that he had that FAA guy, you know, show up at one of their events. And he, you know, Tony's a great guy. He's the sweetest guy. He's just probably open arms. And says, hey, can I give you a hug? Oh, come <laughs> up, you know, and he's, he's that kind of guy. But, you know, I'm at a field. I'm flying. I'm, I'm probably going to be a little <laughs> standoffish and say, what do you mean land my plane and show you my FAA number? <laughs> it's like I, I, I don't know if anybody has reported 
these incidences incidents no. happening no. at a field, but it just boggles my mind. Now, if the AMA is going to work some kind of deal, and I still I I'd like to think it could happen, but I'm not going to cheer up and down or, or be hopeful unless it's certain or the FAA announces if you are a member of the AMA then you don't have to do certain things or you know or you are exempt from this this and this now, now something interesting now apparently a, a regular police officer can come up to you and force you to, to uh, land your plane and check for your license and that kind of stuff or yes. and it sounds like the FAA is counting on local law enforcement to uh, enforce a lot of this so, so typically from what I understand, local law enforcement cannot do that for a regular aircraft. And so if you're doing something in a, in a real airplane, you're flying around, they can't call you up on radio and order you to come down for or something like that, uh, typically. Right. So it's interesting that they seem to have more authority with UAS systems than they do with other air, regular aircraft, full-scale aircraft. Well, I, I would assume that most local law enforcement is not going to give you any grief unless you're causing problems yeah and this this gives them ammunition to do something with you if you're being a jerkwad but i don't think if they drive by the schoolyard and see you find your plane they're gonna oh I got one yeah that's now. true yeah well unless you have an old biddy who complains to an officer that these kids are flying they're scaring my dog they're making a nuisance i need you to shut them down and i'm Maybe. just saying yeah, you had happen. you've had those old biddies yeah, Scary. the joke's on the FAA. I don't have a field to fly at. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, you, you get people who will just complain about anything, and I had my fair share of being in an HOA. Um, it's, it's, I'm not going to celebrate until I see it coming out of both the FAA and the AMA. Okay. Well, yeah, there, there's a long list of the FAA mm. saying one thing to the AMA and then doing something completely different. So, yeah, I'm hopeful, but reserved. Yeah, the dust has not settled on this. This is still, even the rules haven't been enforced yet. We we're still kind of seeing what's what's the the short term future is going to hold for us. And uh, even people have suggested that an idea would be for clubs that fall under the CBO to, that they actually be placed on aircraft sectional. So it's called out that this is a model airplane flying field, just like other things are called out on aircraft maps. Uh, so that you, the aircraft flying in the area know that, hey, there's model airplanes in this area. You know, you shouldn't probably fly over it or at least maintain a good altitude if you're going to do so or keep on the lookout. Yeah, I, I mean, we mentioned that at best. We're talking about, you know, towers are identifiable, yeah. tall buildings, you know, um, volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> so why not say stay away from field? that? Stay away from that flying yeah. field. Um, so could, yeah, because that because that four hundred foot thing is is going to be an issue with gliders and in some cases turbine powered models as well. So and that's so it's in it's, it's competitions, right? Glider competitions. Oh hell yeah! How can you have a glider competition when your maximum altitude is four hundred feet? That's not going to be much of a competition. Say, the launch height of some of those competitions are well over four hundred <laughs> yeah. feet. You know, so. Yes. But, you know, uh, Fitz, you and I have talked about the club in Deland, Florida, which is actually at the Deland Airport. Yeah, yeah. And for as long as I've flown there, they've had a hard 400-foot ceiling because they're right next to the active runway. Yeah, and that makes and, sense. Yeah, and they don't joke around about it. They they let you know when they think you're getting anywhere near it. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not a blanket, uh, I guess, prohibition on flying. You can work around it to an extent. But, yeah, there are certainly some special interest that would be grounded by or they'd be a lot less fun below 400 feet it's just that the new the new rules say that even if you're out in bum luck egypt you got a 400 foot hard ceiling right 
Did you guys watch the AMA video that was released? No, I can't. No, no, I didn't either. Did you watch it, Lee? Yeah. I don't like sad movies. <laughs> can you give us can you give us one of those uh, too long didn't watch kind of summaries? I will give you a, a pro and a con. Okay. Or pro pro for a few pros and a few cons. Pro, they made a video, you know, and that's good. They need to be communicating better. Uh, pro, they they know that they've been accepted as a CBO. You know, that's that was text that was in the bill, right. so that's good to keep the AMA. Uh, recognized you know alive <laughs> so to speak you know because they could have possibly just removed that part altogether and 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 not that i'm calling it out as a negative but we knew the ama was pushing hard to keep that section in there and i i felt like that wasn't enough you know that was just that was helping them and it wasn't helping us so to speak i mean yes the ama helps but they were doing that to cover their butts and it just it kind of got on my nerves the downside is it, it's it was a good discussion, but it did not resolve anything, and I felt it was very it was less than what I wanted to hear. Well, maybe that's all they could do. Maybe they the writing was on the wall, and this was sort of damage mitigation. Uh, it, maybe the forces against us were just too powerful, and they're probably were trying their best to, to at least. Do the best they can to at least let us fly our model airplanes, which we still can do. We haven't. There's no law against us flying anymore. It's just there's just new restrictions. Well, Rich had mentioned in the video, and this was a praise. Uh, it was a pro and a praise for modelists that they felt the push to get congressmen and senators notified about our concerns was definitely heard because they kept getting calls telling. <laughs> calls from these senators and, and uh, congressmen to tell them to stop sending us messages. <laughs> you know, we understand. We'll, We're we'll not work listening. on it. They're wasting <laughs> well, their time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm laughing because I sent Terry a copy of the response from my senator, and it was just off. It was just that canned. Oh yeah, the bill thing. Yeah, we signed it. <laughs> Yay. Yay for the FA. Glad we could help you out. It's like no. Is it like is it like Terry Senator? Yes, we agree that we should uh, dis disregard two three six right or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was it was Corden. It was our senator. He sent it when he was still yeah. living in Lubbock. So it was awful. It yeah. just uh, thanks yeah, for your call. Please send your campaign donations. To... <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, that's it. I think I'll, I'm done with it. We'll just have to see how this test comes out in the next 180 days. And if anything else comes out, because there's still talk about, you know, remote ID, we don't know if that's going to be implemented. Uh, if it's, if, from what I've heard, it's not as hard on the table as the other issues. So um, we'll see. Really? I, I don't want to get into a whole other topic, but I thought the remote idea was just a matter of how, not if. It wasn't a, it wasn't given a timeline. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the one thing they mentioned. Well, they, they said that they authorized some sort of study. Yeah, so it's not the the um, the test is 180 days, but the remote ID has not been given a timeline. So I'm not saying it's not out of the picture. I'm just saying it's not as being it's not as urgent. Yeah, it's something long term that they're looking into. Now it seems like they're going to delegate the 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 testing the knowledge test to the AMA. No, did I read that correctly? No. Okay. No. No. It's. It's some. It's a test that's going to hopefully be established between the FAA and the AMA, so okay. they'll work together to create one. But it will be an FAA exam. No, this gotcha. test sounds a lot like a license. 
to me. A license by uh, a distinction without a difference, almost. Yeah, well, you have so, to have proof <laughs> of having passed it. Yeah. yeah. And I proof, love that they'll take your money. They'll take your five dollars to register. Oh, but you failed the test. Uh, we'll still have your five dollars. Right. Oh, did we tell you the test cost ten dollars? <laughs> so, you know, it's going to have really bad actors. Oh, I am flying at four hundred and one feet. I am breaking the law. I should land now and punish myself. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed last week on Twitter uh, was it an International Women's Day or something like that? The FAA had a tweet and it had a picture of a little girl holding a, a flying model airplane. I don't know if it was free flight or micro RC or what, but it said words to the effect of, you know, we encourage women to get involved in aviation, blah, 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 which that's all a great message. But with the picture of this little girl, I almost responded, but decided I didn't want to get on any more blacklist that day. Like I sure hope she can pass her knowledge test before she flies that dangerous UAS in our airspace. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, glad you didn't. <laughs> I, I bit my proverbial tongue. Go. See, that's where you create a fake account and you go in and you leave a message. Yeah, you think that'll slow them down? <laughs> the black SUVs will be in front of my house in 10 minutes. I, I think we could segue into something else. I hope you enjoy this little attempt here, but I'm almost wanting to have like a contest uh, for our listeners just to say, can you guess like a couple of the questions that are going to be on the test. <laughs> it's like, you know, pick five questions. If all, you know, whoever will find out who has like the most picked out of there or something like that. But I just, I have a feeling they're going to be some really, really awful lame questions on this test. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're going to talk about airspace requirements and that kind of stuff. So, but we'll see. Part of me thinks they're going to pull a few from the part 107. Uh, that would be surprised. All right. Well, enough of that. Like I said, we'll we'll keep you guys apprised of uh, any updates we see. I'm sure Lee no, will be we right were, on I've it. I've decided to put my head in the sand. Uh, ain't coming out. Eh, no, knowledge is power. The more you know. Mm. Remember G.I. Joe? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, well, Leah, keep us updated. Just out of for, for academic reasons. But until then, keep them flying. Uh, speaking of flying, Terry, now's your time. Tell us, tell us, tell us. Neat, neat, neat. What happened? <laughs> um, so I went to the neat fair like a month ago, a little over a month ago. And it was fun. Well, okay. <laughs> what else do you want to know? That was great. Great <laughs> yeah. reporting there, Terry. <laughs> no, and I can, I can go into details. I was there. This was my first time staying more than one day. Last year was my first time ever going to the neat fair. And I just did a day trip, went up early in the morning, came back late that night on Saturday. This year, I went up Thursday night and stayed through Sunday afternoon. Did, so I, I feel like I got most of the experience. Did you camp out or was it a hotel? like a Yeah, mini? no. No, the nearest hotels are several miles away, uh, but most people camp there. The event is actually at a campground. Oh, The Peaceful nice. Valley Campground. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. So... Yeah, so there's a full-scale grass strip there that gets used every now and then by the owner of the campground. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. So can so you, that like... makes a nice can you, like, runway for the event. Oh, can you, like, fly in with a, your airplane packed with airplanes? Uh, I think some people do. If It, it has to be short runway capable. I mean, you're not going to bring your Cessna Citation in or anything. But, no. Um, yeah. Um, there was a, a 172 or something parked out there for a while. And I have heard that other people have flown in and out before, but I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any full-scale traffic when I was there. 
But regardless, um, it's a nice place. It's really cool. Um, it's in a valley. So when you're on the runway, you're looking at a mountain in front of you. That's not a sheer cliff, but it's a fairly steep mountain. So you've got a lot of green background that you're flying against. And at first it was a little intimidating because you don't really know how far away it is, but it's actually far enough away that you wouldn't normally fly that far out unless you're in a really big plane. Um, so, and it makes for a nice background when you're photographing light colored airplanes. The, the only downside to that is you don't get a whole lot of sunlight in certain parts of the day. Hmm. But no, it's a really nice location. Like I said, it's on a campground. It's beautiful. And at this time of year, the weather can be kind of iffy, but this year was really nice. We had, I, I got rained on all the way over. It's about a six hour drive from Buffalo for me. Or is it six? Yes, it's some hours, five or six. Um, and it had been raining there all week. So when I got there, it had just finished raining and there was a lot of mud and were there ants <laughs> no it was an ant free zone <laughs> lucky you oh you had it easy all the ants were on their way to best <laughs> yeah your place had turned into motel six yeah so they did a new thing this year that i don't have previous years to compare to but basically the event organizers worked with a tent rental company and you could rent these huge tents that the company would come out early in the week and set them up for you and then take them down afterwards and you just pay whatever the fee is. I think there were 20 by 30 tents and 20 by 40 and these are like heavy duty metal pole, not going anywhere. They've got side flaps and all that stuff. And so our buddy Thayer Syme had got a group together and we had a 20 by 40 tent. It's a big with, tent. Yeah, right. And he kind of got on CAD and mapped out. Oh, and you get tables and chairs and all that stuff is included. So you really get a nice setup. And Did you get wine I'm, and cheese too? Uh, yes. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Um, L- luxury. <laughs> it worked out to, I think I paid 50 bucks for my share of that whole thing. And it, well worth it. And you get this covered area with these folding tables and chairs and all that. Um, and everybody just raved about it. So I think that's probably going to be a normal thing from now on. Now, there's not really enough room to camp out on that, at least not for us. We had maybe eight or ten people inside there. And once you get that many people and all the airplanes, it's pretty packed tight. And at night, you want to pull all your airplanes in or they get covered in dew. Um, But anyway, I slept in my car. I brought like an outdoor lounge cushion to put that in the back of the van, and that's where I slept. Some other people brought tents. Some other people did go to the hotel in town. I mean, it's pretty much all you want. And a lot of people, it seems, just never slept at all. There was a party going on all night long, (laughs) every night. (laughs) And uh, so that's the cool thing about this event. I'm new to it, but it's been around. uh, This maybe was the 20th year or the 20th year is next year. I don't know. But it's been around long enough that there's some regulars there and there are a lot of traditions that go on and a lot of the people there know each other because they've been going for so long so it it's really got a a buddy kind of atmosphere to it and it, it was fun to see a lot of neat stuff um, a lot of after hours things that go on flying stuff 
Um, I think there's kind of an unspoken what happens at neat stays at neat thing. So <laughs> I don't want to say too much. Um, nobody got out of control. It was all good natured and you know nothing where people would go to jail. But but just a lot of fun stuff. People flying at night and uh, some drinking games inside of tents and some. <laughs> I did see the flying blow up doll. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> exactly as you described it. Somebody got a blow-up doll, put an EDF on it, and it made it fly. And there's uh, pictures in my photo gallery of that. Just cool stuff like that. And that's another really interesting thing about NEAT. There's a very wide variety of airplanes. It's not an ARF fest. There are a few ARFs, or a good number, but there's also a lot of scratch-built stuff, a lot of... Um, stuff that people design themselves so mm. you really never know what you're going to see and they have the flight line divided up where i don't remember the names of it but the one the main flight line was you know, sport planes bigger stuff and then where our tent was was right at the border of the sport line and the park flyer line and you know obvious distinction there that you know, park flyer smaller stuff is there and then if you go across the field that's where the pond is and they had people flying off the pond all weekend, people driving boats out there. Um, just, it's hard to describe all this stuff going on all the time. And there was even another flight line further down. I'm not sure what was going on there. Maybe quads, stuff like that. It was an answer to the helicopter area or something. It, yeah, there was. Um, that was on the opposite side of the sport flight line. But I get the impression that it wasn't used very often this year. So I think they opened it up. If nobody was flying a heli or, or whatever down there, you could use it for other things. But if some guy came up with this helicopter, you had to yield the space to them. So I felt like it was really well organized and well run. Um, there's a ton of volunteers there that keep it going. Just I, I have no complaints about it. It was a lot of fun. And the group of guys that Thayer got together for our tent was really diverse and unique. We had some world-class indoor guys with us, and you know Thayer always has neat stuff. And just, I really felt like I was in the in the presence of greatness. And it was uh, oh, speaking of Rob Queso was there. He is the uh, scale columnist for Model Aviation, and if you look at his column, you can see some of this work that he does. He's I'm pretty sure he's certifiably insane. <laughs> the detail that he does on this stuff. Um, it's just, it's really impressive to see somebody who's willing to take the time to do a scale model. And I think most of his stuff, he designs himself, um, but just really to the nth degree. And he has the skills to make it look fabulous. So me, I typically slap stuff together with foam and I'm happy. Um, but it's just, it's humbling to, to witness that stuff and, and see how those guys operate. Uh, anyway, it was just, uh, I think I was slack-jawed the whole weekend from one thing or another. Just so much going on. Wow. That sounds fantastic. I'd like to come it, up there one, it is. One, of these, one of these times, one of these years. And then Friday and Saturday, they have indoor flying at the local high school gymnasium. And again, world-class flyers, Joe Malinchek, uh, Gordon Johnson, these guys who really helped improve the state of the art of indoor flying mm. back before even the 
the GWS light sticks. These guys were making their own magnetic actuators and things like that. Um, those guys are there, and there's like a really dedicated group of guys who who just do this indoor flying stuff, and it's incredible to see. They had indoor pylon racing, indoor scale competitions, you name it. All that stuff was there, and really neat to see. Are you going next year? I'm planning on it. What would you do differently, or what would you bring? Um, I don't know. I intentionally did not take as many planes as I normally would. And I think I'm finally realizing that I tend to take too much stuff, and it's a chore. Once I take it, I feel like I have to fly it, and then it becomes a chore to keep all those airplanes, you know, you know batteries charged, and, oh, I really got to fly this one now. So... Yeah, I would, I would keep the same number of planes or close to it. Um, the only thing I can think that I would do differently is, is it more cushions to sleep on. Hmm. <laughs> the floor of my van wasn't as smooth as I remembered it being, so you know, sleep didn't come easily. But you know, that's my own fault. But in terms of the event, I, I can't think of anything. The The tent was a fabulous idea, and I think everybody's on board for that next year. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to have the same group of guys or close to it, and that's great. So, yeah, here I am a month later, and I can't really think of any anything I would do differently. Uh, I drove home Sunday with a smile on my face. Looks like you had great weather. Yeah, we really did most of the time. Again, it looked like the rain was going to be kind of an issue, at least through Saturday. Um, but we might have had a little bit of rain after Friday morning, but it really, it was nice. And it was even pretty hot in parts of the event. So couldn't ask for better weather. And I brought airplanes home. New ones? Don't you want to know about it? Um, sort of new to me. What'd you get? <laughs> well, you know, I love the derelicts. Uh, I'm a sucker for, um, the dialects airplanes, <laughs> the derelicts, the, the rusty old, you know, the beaters. Oh, not the evil robots from Dr. Who. No, no, no. no. So for $5, I bought what appears to be a Hobby Lobby skimmer. Remember those? Skimmer, skimmer. Uh, Speed kind 400, of three-channel motor glider. It's like a, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, built and covered and appears to have been flown quite a bit. Um, this version didn't have any electronics in it, but it was you know the airframe and not built by a craftsman, but it's all there and it functions. So earlier this week, I got a wild hair and put some gear in it, and I think I'll be flying that uh, probably mm. in the next few days if the weather clears up. But again, for five bucks, how could I walk away from that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll be fun, and that'll be a no-stress airplane, because if I pile it in, who cares? <laughs> five bucks. You had five dollar airplane. You had your five bucks worth of fun with it. Yeah. And uh, some guy was selling some profile GBs, had a set of three that had most of the electronics, and they appear to be more or less flight-worthy. They were old. They had these weird... The ESCs had these weird battery connectors, some sort of proprietary thing that I haven't seen in a while. So I think they're probably late 90s, early 2000s vintage, hmm. but they were in pretty good shape. And I bought all three of them for 20 bucks. So 
I'm thinking, all right, that'll work out. I'll I'll harvest the electronics out of two of them, and I'll keep one flight worthy. And yeah, I'll, I can't go wrong for for twenty bucks on that. You need to race them. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know if I'd want to race three identical airplanes. Oh, it just adds time. to the uh, challenge. <laughs> I guess. Oh, that reminds me, there were some outdoor air races too. Um, Jonathan Son from Soncraft, uh, he was there and he set up a pylon race, a one design thing. He had a new airplane that he designed, a profile foamy, and I'm kicking myself because I can't think of the name of it now. But basically, he set up all the airplanes with identical power systems, radio, blah, blah, blah. You come, bring your DSM, whatever transmitter, bind to it, and then you're racing an airplane from whatever airplane you pull from the fleet or draw from the fleet. That's the one you race in your heat. Oh, nice. So it's, yeah, it's like stock car racing. You know, they're all set up the same. And they had some inflatable pylons. And for a lot of these people, their first lap around the pylons was their first lap flying that airplane. <laughs> Hilarity <So>, ensued. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, that was right in front of our tent, too. Mm. So, yeah, just uh, cool, low-stress stuff like that. And uh, they had a Warbird launch, which I couldn't tell you how many people were in it. But basically, any Warbird goes, and they all launch at the same time. So for a couple minutes there, you've got, I'm going to guess, 75 airplanes flying at the same space. Wow. 75? Yeah, probably. Wow. I didn't count. Um, But the interesting thing is, (laughs) they don't want you to land (laughs) in an organized fashion they there's a couple cones out there and then tom hunt who is the cd of the event he says all right uh on my mark um you have 30 seconds to land and the person who's closest to a cone wins whatever door prize and it's it's not like a big thing so it's more bragging rights than anything else and then in those next 30 seconds, airplanes literally <laughs> diving at the ground <laughs> at these cones. And the area around the cones is just a, a battlefield, a, a well, no man's rem- land of busted foam. That reminds me of E-Fest when they had that uh, quadcopter with the balloon. And they'd raise and they'd say, wait, 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 okay, go. And then everybody would just attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the impression that if you walk back to the pits with an airworthy airplane, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> So And then all these guys did that, and they did several rounds of it uh, throughout the weekend. So they do it on Friday, and then on Saturday, a lot of airplanes with glue on them from the day before going up again. So it, it seemed like everybody had a lot of fun. I didn't fly in that event, but I, I did try to go take pictures. And uh, it was Saturday or Sunday. I, I thought I got wise, and I set up my GoPro on top of one of the cones. I'm like, all right, I'll get a lot of carnage here. But like one of the first planes to come in took out that cone and my GoPro just goes flying across the field. So, <laughs> so I missed all the other ones. But uh, anyway, it's just fun stuff to watch. Well, I expect you to play next year. Uh, yeah, I probably will. I actually only took one Warbird, which was my Tower Hobbies P-51. And I kind of dorked it. I haven't flown it off of grass yet, so I tried taking off from the grass there. And it wouldn't do it. So I hand-launched it. And I should have had somebody hand-launch it for me. But I did it myself. And I kind of botched the first launch. And it, it didn't It didn't really break anything. But, I, yeah, I think it bent the foam a little bit. So I need to, you know, to repair it. You know what's great about the best concrete runway? 
Fitz and I can take off and land our P-51s there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I was like so bizarre. It was like bizarre. I was like, I've never landed this thing on wheels before <laughs> without, <laughs> without it tipping over. Right. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you about the, the final airplane that I brought home that I didn't even have to buy. So one of the guys that was there and was in the tent with me was Adam Woodworth. And he is pretty well known. He's from California. Uh, he's pretty well known for making a lot of RC versions of Star Wars vehicles. Oh. He's done some quadcopter stuff and some... Uh, have you seen that video of the snowspeeder that's attacking the AT-ATs, like the AT-AT lawn ornaments? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. I think I did, yes. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Speeder's a quadcopter, a, I think, isn't it? No, it was actually a, it? a normal tractor airplane that oh yeah he, i plane. think he put the props in the the guns yeah yeah, yeah on yeah. the front of the, the front blasters of yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah and he bought these huge adat lawn ornaments from home depot or something yeah and made a, a really neat video with it but <clears> he's got a, a lot of that stuff that he's done so you know he flew in from california um he brought some stuff that he could on the plane but he's got this design for an x-wing fighter and he brought basically a kit. It's made out of nine millimeter EPP sheet foam. So he put it together Friday night and then started flying it Saturday. And it's really cool because in general, any of these novelty type airplanes, just flying kind of satisfies the intent, right? It doesn't have to fly great. It just has to look like whatever science fiction thing you're trying to emulate and fly well enough to get it around. Yeah. Well, his intent with this X-Wing was to make it look like an X-Wing, but actually fly like a, a decent airplane. And and he's a really good pilot, too. So to watch him fly is, is really cool. He takes it off by, uh, it stands on the tail, and he takes off vertically and then flies it around. And it's two motors, one on each wing, so he uses differential thrust for yaw Ugh. and it's got crazy yaw authority it'll pinwheel from horizontal flight <laughs> wow yeah it, it's crazy um so it was fun to watch and he had it set up with a gyro that he could turn on or off and with the gyro on it, he was just kind of normal sport flying the gyro was only um, commanding yaw or stabilizing yaw so it just helped it look a little bit more normal but then when he wanted to do the 3D stuff, he would turn the gyro off and just go bananas with it. Um, anyway, it just flew really great, and it was fun to watch him fly it. And while I'm thinking of it, he had some other cool stuff there. Uh, he had a, a cartoon-scale uh, C-130 that he flew around a lot. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of that in my album, but that was really cool. And he did that by vacuuming Depron. So kind of like those foamtastic models yeah. from years ago. He's, he's yeah, he's figured out a method to to vacuum. Yeah, that's kind stuff. of tricky to do. He got real temperature controls, real critical on that. Yeah, and he was saying it's particularly hard because the foam cools so quickly that that distance between the heater and the plug is critical, and how quickly you pull vacuum on it. Yeah. So, but he, he's apparently figured out a good method, and he's got some neat stuff going. And he also had a A10, a cartoonish A10 in small scale. And uh, it looked really cool. So wow. check the photo album for that stuff. And the A10 was uh, 3D capable. 
and he flew that indoors and outdoors. <laughs> um, just really clever stuff. Yeah. And it, the kind that makes you jealous that you didn't think of it. <laughs> so neat stuff. Um, uh, that, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but the point of all that was on Sunday, obviously, he put it together there because he couldn't bring this thing on the airplane. It's pretty big. I'll have to measure it. I would guess 40-inch wingspan. So, so he couldn't um, take it back then. So he couldn't take it back. And so there were a few of us in the tent, and he's like, hey, anybody want this thing? And we all just bolted up. And I forget you know, whether it was drawing straws or whatever. I ended up taking it home. You know, he had pulled his motors off of it and the receiver and the gyro. But I brought it home, basically a complete airplane with the servos. And I got it airworthy again. I put some of my quad motors in it the other day, and I flew it yesterday and without a gyro. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It flies uh, really well. It's very neutral in every axis. And wow, yeah, you lucky I, I've bastard. Got a, yeah, I'll have to post some pictures. Yeah, I'm going to say this, this conversation is useless without pictures. Yeah, so it's a profile <laughs> airplane. It's you know profile fuselage, profile wings, and all that. So, but it definitely you can't mistake for anything but an X-wing fighter. Wow. So yeah, you'll be the oh awesome all the rage at the local park. Put a mini article on that on RC Roundtable. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm planning to write a, a full article for Tested. <sighs> Why does Tested get all that? Like, <laughs> do something for RC Roundtable. Is that I'll what we pay a, you for? Yeah. yeah <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Are we those checks pay? still in the mail? Why are we always playing second fiddle? Yeah. Um. So I've been yammering on about Neat for a while now. Uh, I know there's stuff that I haven't remembered to mention, but I think for anybody who's up in the Northeast and is into electric models, you can't justify not going. It's still uh, a big event. I think there were 250 pilots, and they were saying that's down a little bit. That's down? Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still a big deal. There's still a lot of stuff that goes on there, and uh, yeah, just... Wow. Yeah, you can't miss it. There's so much cool stuff. So the next part is me shaming you guys into coming up next year or some future year so you can see for yourself. So I'm good. I'm game. All right. Yeah, me too. That's uh, that's my old stomping ground, so relatively speaking. That's one of my RC bucket lists. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well thanks for that uh, data dump, Terry. We're really waiting to hear what happened and how what things went, went on, so... That's, finally. That's, yeah, finally. <laughs> it's not my fault you guys were at Bomberfield and Best. Yeah, we were busy flying our own stuff. But uh sounds like a fantastic event. I've heard a lot about it. I've always, every time I see pictures of an event, I always see some really, really neat stuff. So neat at neat, I guess. So, so I definitely would like to come up there at some point in the not-too-distant future. Okie dokie. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. Okay, so I guess this is a follow-up for our flight at uh, best for our participation at event. Terry, you got any questions for us since we haven't talked to you about it that much? You just was a, a listener from our last podcast. Well, you guys recorded the podcast on, was it Friday or Saturday night? Uh, Saturday night. Okay, so you still had um, Sunday. Did anything crazy and exciting happen Sunday? Uh, I had a couple things, you, Lee. Uh, that darn Corsair incident. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that when we when flew together? Sh- uh, when we flew just- together. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was fun until the landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that air quotes fun. landing? Yeah. Well, I mean, no. my wheels touched the ground. I was rolling out, and then I was not rolling. <laughs> I stopped rolling pretty darn quick. <laughs> well, we both had good landings until we hit the grass, then we both flipped over. <laughs> well, the wind had changed directions, so by the time oh, we right. took off yeah. one direction, and the wind changed on us. So by the time we were coming down, we had a really pretty strong tailwind net on us, and. Uh, I mean, I, I probably should have just gone around. I think I would have been fine the second uh, time. But by the time it got past me, I was going pretty far down. So when I, my wheels touched, um, I mean, I don't know. It's just I was going too fast, and that's pilot error. And she dorked over. Now, interestingly enough, and I think I may have posted photos or told you, Terry, but I had uh, I had a, a tiny rollover uh, on one landing. I was, like, rolling out, and I was like, oh, this is fine. And then she, just, she hit something, and she rolled over and busted the, the fin. And I was kind of mad about that. What happened to but that I, great runway you were just talking about? Well, I was I was doing grass. It was fun. <laughs> you were doing grass? I was doing grass with the planes <laughs> anyway. So uh, I, I think it's because I'd been doing the Cub on grass uh, touch and goes. So I felt I could do it with the Corsair, I guess. Uh, uh, anyway, I busted the fin. I went back and I, I licked my wounds and I quickly repaired it and got it back for another flight. So that was fun. Then on Sunday is when we flew again. But I did a little bit more than bust the fin this time around. So... I'll get it back up. Uh, but yeah, that was fun to fly with Fitz with our Zero and Corsair in the air. Fitz has got a crazy sounding <laughs> Zero. <laughs> There's some kind of wind, uh, I don't know, variation in his cowl or something. But it's very interesting to hear. And I don't know if anybody videotaped it. Do you know if Jeff videotaped our flight? That's a good question. I had to ask him. I don't remember. Oh, he wasn't there on Sunday. That's right. He, yeah, he had to leave early. All right. Yeah. So no one, no one videotapes us? I don't know. Well, Tony was videotaping a lot of stuff. Maybe he caught it. Yeah, we'll oh, oh, I have a go back for neat. Because you guys talk about you never get videoed because you're the one shooting video and pictures. So at neat, um, the stuff that I flew the most were my Aeroto rigs. The micro C-47 that we talked about a few minutes ago and the micro Waco that I made for it um, flew that a bunch and it did great. I was really surprised. Um you know, I have upgraded it with the high-voltage LiPo and the higher KV brush motors, mm. still using the same board. And that was the ticket. It's been towing that little Waco superbly, and the Waco oh. has the safe-enabled brick in it. So I don't know how many different people flew the Waco, but it was a bunch. And I told you there, the tents that we rented had the side flaps, and the whole runway there is grass, but that was... The grass was a little bit too rough for most ultra micros, including the C-47. So I grabbed one of those 20 foot long by, I don't know, probably eight foot wide side flaps, set it out there on the grass, and that was our runway in the micro area for the whole weekend. And it worked great. Hmm. So we would take off. Smart kid. Yeah. It was a a, a moment of, uh, what's the word? Clarity. So uh, anyway, Yeah. (laughs) So that was fun. And then I also have my original big C-47 and big Waco there. And again, I think probably half a dozen different people flew the Waco. And it, wow. just, it was fabulous. Yeah. And it got a lot of attention and you know, a lot of people were talking to me about it. But um, there's almost no video or photos of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was uh, one video, but it was taken a little bit far away. So you can't see much. Um anyway we really had a good time uh, flying those and i think i got 
first Aeroto flights for several people. And um, yeah, it, I can't say enough about it. I was really happy that that both of those worked out well and had a good time with it. So, okay, and now I'm truly done with Neat. Oh, finally, jeez. I know, oh, this guy never shuts up. Well, last time I asked you anything. <laughs> Ask him for the time uh, to you how to make a watch. I had a couple of notes from Neat that, from Best that we missed last time. Uh, I, I can't remember if you were around, Lee, but remember we got hit by a couple different gliders almost? <laughs> I it, yes, it was a Carl Goldberg Electra. There's Electra that smacked a tree right above us, and and of course, everybody. I just just so Terry can get wind of this because it was the funny part. I was very angry. The guy did not say heads up, and Tom Blakeney jumped on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think even Keith jumped on that too. <laughs> me not me part? being up me being upset about the guy not calling heads up. Like you shouldn't <laughs> have been upset. Well, I think he, I was I was a little boast, boastful about it. I was, <laughs> the darn thing hit the tree. You know that tree that sits right in front of Keith's tent? Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. smacked it hard, man. Yeah. Well, you know, li- limbs were coming down. I was like, man, couldn't you have said something? <laughs> I was just like, whack! You look up, you're going to catch it in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I will, hey, see what's going to hit that kid? I better not say anything. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> it should, should be heads down. Uh, yeah, really. Heads down. Chill. Anyway. Anyway, yes. Sorry. Continue, Vince. Uh, the one that nearly decapitated us. Go yeah, ahead. that one. Because we didn't hear it coming. All of a sudden, we're just kind of sitting there all of a sudden. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> And then there was another one who he would not be named smacked his glider like right behind us and almost uh, between some cars. Do, do you remember that, Lee? Yeah, that was with the uh, uh, ducted fan glider. Oh, I forgot what was it called. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because uh, what? Did he just lose radio or power? I, LBC? I'm not sure if he lost power or lost orientation. But uh, it was a, I, I remember it was a very slow retrieval. <laughs> yeah right he was just like walking back there oh i think it's back here so right yeah yeah because i heard something it was like did somebody just crash behind us so we kind of walked around and lo and behold yeah there it was so yeah we had a, two unexpected crashes and without warning and i had uh my trailer hitch ball come off without warning what? <laughs> <Off your car? laughs> yeah this is this is a good story you finish it. okay you need that so you know i added a trailer hitch to my car you didn't have one in uh-huh. stock. I had an aftermarket thing. And then I had to add aftermarket uh, light module because German cars, apparently, they don't use logical reason for their lights. Uh, and I had a lot of problems with that, and it still only half worked. I was lucky to get the trailer because the brake lights worked, but the signals didn't work. <laughs> did, did they inspect it before you left? Yeah, they did, but I was able to sweet talk the guy and let me taking it. <laughs> so I never use those turn signals anyway. <laughs> well, it's Houston. Nobody uses their damn yeah. turn signals in Houston. And he's like, yeah, brake lights are more important than the signals. So I was just real careful <laughs> driving up. Yeah, you just you do the hand signals. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, the middle finger hand signals. Those Germans are all about efficiency. So it just had enough wiring to light your brake light on your car, but not enough current to go to the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> do anything else. So, <laughs> you're, you're running on milliamps by then. So I drive all the way up from my area up to the best, and it's like an hour and a half drive. And I turn on, like, the last road to get to the flying field, right off the main road in that little town. And as I turn, I look in the rearview mirror, I notice the trailer isn't quite following the car like it should be. And I'm like, oh, crap, I think the trailer hitch just came off. And so I very, really carefully, carefully stopped, because um, I didn't want the thing to bang into the bumper and that kind of stuff. And so fortunately, I was able to stop it without any damage. And I look, and the whole nut and lock nut 
uh, washer. It came off the trailer bowl. And so the ball was still attached to the receptacle in the trailer, but the nut can't come off. So the whole thing had come off of the, the metal thing that sticks out. Oh. So did you have chains on it? Yeah, there were chains on it, fortunately. So it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But, Man, but if that ball had come out, that, that trailer tongue is going to destroy your car. Well, the ball did come out. Well, Oh, I, I thought you said it was still in the socket, just the nut came off. Well, yeah, the nut came off, and so the threaded part came out of the hole. But it was still tied to the trailer. It was still tied it was to the trailer. Into the trailer time. Okay. Yes. And so, and so I'm stuck there in the road, and I'm like, oh, crap. And then uh, Jeff pulls up behind me. He's like, what's going on? He's like, uh, I kind of lost a nut. So I was able to slide the, the ball back into the hole and dry really, really carefully back to the flying field. I think it did come up one more time when I turned onto the dirt road uh, just to get there. And so I had to eventually go over to an auto parts store and get another. Uh, and Lee had well, three of them in his parts box. Probably. Yeah, I didn't tell me. So that was fun. I was lucky it didn't come off in the highway because that wasn't a real problem. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, you read stories about people driving down the highway and see their own boat pass them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happened to me at our parent, my parents as a kid. The thing came off and apparently it wasn't chained right or something and it just rolled off into the woods. <laughs> and that's after I had asked them if I could ride in it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, nine. I wanted to ride in the little trailer. Um, oh, gosh. oh, like you, Terry, I also slept in my car. It was the first time I did that because I had the trailer. I actually had a bunch of extra rooms that I normally don't have. And I said, you know what? Let me. And I couldn't find my stupid tent. Uh, so I decided, you know, if I lay the seats down and the thing in the back, I could probably sleep in the car okay. And it turned out to be okay. It was, wasn't too bad. Uh, oh, so you laid down one of the front seats? No, no, no. My, I have like a little mini wagon, right? So okay, the back, the, yeah, okay. the rear seats fold down, and then I can move the front seats up, and so I had enough, just enough room to lie down. Huh. And I had a sleeping bag, and I had an extra little mat to as a cushion, so it was yeah. wasn't too bad. It was slightly cramped, but it wasn't too bad. I opened. I, I was that in the fetal position all night. Uh, the first night it was in a semi-fetal position, and then the second I realized I could, I could move the seats up a little bit more. <laughs> Um, Roll down the windows and sleep sideways. Well, the nice thing is... Feet hanging out. Well, uh, speaking of windows, I was able to crack the windows because <laughs> the, the sunroof has a mesh, so I could open the sunroof and not have bugs get in. Oh, cool. And so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Trailer hour. Trailer hour. <laughs> Anyways, last thing... Terry and Vince. The last thing, the most exciting thing was actually flying, airplane-related. Uh, so Sparky bought this... Scratch-built F9F 90mm 6L uh, jet EDF at Swap Meet. The Cougar. The Cougar, yes. And so it's like he's kind of, he eventually wanted to say, let's just fly this thing to heck with it. And he asked me if I would test fly it for him. And I said, yeah, sure, okay. What an honor. Yeah, it was real honor. I was surprised. But he had tried taking it off on the ground, and it wouldn't roll right and, he had, and stuff. He was, I guess he was kind of frustrated with it. And said, okay, well, let's give it a shot. We'll just hand launch it. And yeah. see how he's that a good works. Pilot. Yeah, he's, he's a fine pilot. I don't know. I guess maybe he didn't feel comfortable with it. But so he said, hey, why don't you try it? I said, okay. So we walk out, and I was doing a control check, and I was wondering, the ailerons didn't seem like it was working all that well. And upon further investigation, you see that the aileron servo just wasn't attached to really anything. It was just kind of floating around in the wing. So we're like, oh, well, that's not going to work. 
And so uh, Sparky was, was just ready to give up on it. And then, but uh, Tony Curso and I kept egging him on. I said, no, we'll just do a field fix. Just cut it open, throw some glue in there, we'll just, just to uh, get it running. Go fever. Go. Man, it was, like, it was like an episode of ER. There were like four or five people around <laughs> yeah. the patient. You know, super, CA, CA, kicker. <laughs> yes. Some strips of balsa. Stat. Strips of balsa. <laughs> it and was. They, and they worked on that. It was like a half a dozen people crowded around the airplane as they were doing surgery on it. <laughs> I got a picture of it. It's great. Yeah. Oh, remember that at E-Fest when they were uh, during the that indoor racing when they went through the obstacle, the gauntlet, and all those guys yeah. were around the plane just seeing it and then ended up yeah. throwing it through the last thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what well, I picture. It, it wasn't that hyper speed <laughs> moment, but yeah, it was a moment of, it was neat to see them trying to get that thing in the air. But continue, Jerry. Uh, okay, so anyways, they got it ready. They got it ready to go and uh, up and running. So, all right. So we double checked that uh, the CG was, I guess, more, more or less where it should be, it's controls and stuff. And so uh, Tony offered to throw it for me. So we walk out to the tall grass. Wait, throw it? Yeah, throw it. Hand launch. I, I thought it had gear. It's got a little single mono wheel on the center of the fuselage, but Lee, uh, Sparky kept saying it, it wouldn't roll right or it was very uncontrollable. So maybe it was in the wrong. He added the wheel, so maybe the position wasn't quite optimal for it. So and this we is just, a ninety millimeter. Ninety millimeter, good size. It's a pretty big plane. Does it have hand grips on the bottom? Mm, no, the fuselage. Yeah, Cougar's kind of a big, wide, not a well-defined. Okay, yeah, can, yeah. Well, anyway, well, I mean, it's it was it's it, blended wing kind of. It's a blended wing, blended fuselage. This is a straight wing Cougar, not the sweat wing one. Uh, That's the Panther. Yeah. So, I can never keep them straight. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's a Panther, not a Cougar. F nine, something or another. So anyway, so we got it up. Tony gives it a nice, actually, really good toss, and it goes out kind of flat and level. I'm trying to let it build up speed, but I had the nose up a little bit. Tony's like, "Get the nose down! Get the nose down!" <laughs> uh, I I want to interject here. Yeah. That was that was a great toss and a great level flight up into the air. It was. We were all surprised where we were sitting. I mean, it was just perfect. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was a Tony gave a fantastic toss, and I wanted to get it kind of level, keep it, get the speed up, not get it on the wing, and not try to horse it around. Uh, yeah, but, Terry, this thing did not have a lot of airspeed, so Fitz right. had to keep it, you know, hanging on tight. It was it reminds it was, me when we were at the SAE event, and I felt like everybody was trying to climb. I'm like, no, no, put the nose down. Yeah, get the nose down. Fly on the wing. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Fitz was flying it right. It was just no, Fitz, you weren't going to get it to stall. You were actually climbing it at the right. You know, pace. It was just. It was very level, very calm. You know, sometimes you people throw them and they snap roll. Yeah, yeah. They get bending the like throttle that. stick and forward. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bending yeah. the throttle stick. <laughs> yeah, it was forward? kind of. I was like, come on, baby, get up, get on step, get on step. I was just trying to really ease it in, keep it kind of level. Um, this th- this throttle stick goes to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, it was kind of a hairy first couple of minutes because it was way out of trim. Once it got up on step, it was. It was way out of trim. At the point, I was asking Tony, like, "Give me some, give me a whole bunch of left trim, some down, this and that." And we finally got it around. I was able to throttle back, and it wasn't too bad. And I got up and I said, "Let me get a little quick stall test." And I could tell that it probably needed a little more nose weight. It it, it, it looked like it wanted to snap a little bit. Uh, and so it's coming around the land. And so Tony's like, "Just go wide, come out into the wind. We're going to go cross runway because the wind went, run, wind was cross a bit." And just as I come around. 
the throttle goes away. He just goes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh crap! <laughs> and it was and and Terry, it was an elevator ride. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. The, the wings were level, but the plane was just sinking. It just sunk like a rock, um, and. Uh, fortunately, it, it, it pancaked on the ground level, but I ran out of elevator, and it it, uh, it it got beat up a little bit. It wasn't terrible, but it, it did get uh, it pushed the landing gear through the fuselage and a couple little uh, minor bumps. Yeah, and you weren't using that anyway. Yeah, Fitz left them on. <laughs> I kind of felt Zorro on signature. it. <laughs> I felt because I was in the landing approach. I was like, I'm settling up for a landing. I was on final, and it just the, the power just died instantly, and it just fell out of the sky. Uh, but but Sparky seemed pretty happy about it. He said, oh, hey, it flew. I was happy to see it fly and uh, I'll go home and fix it and stuff. So, uh, Well, I got to tell you, it flew better than some of the planes that people were flying over at Bomber. I, know, <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I was going through some videos recently. I'm still trying to finish Saturday. I'll be done uh, hopefully this weekend. But there was this plane I was watching and I'm listening to the audio and I hear myself going, hey, Fitz. Follow this plane because <laughs> yeah, his camera. Happen. Exactly, it's exactly what I was. Thinking. I started laughing out loud, going, "Oh my god!" Because this guy really had. Uh, remember that F sixteen? I was, was just thinking that the F sixteen. Yeah, well, it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. But it was some guys like P forty seven or something like that. And it just it looked wrong. So I was like, "Fitz, Fitz, get on that!" <laughs> oh, carnage is coming. It then what's his name with the uh, Stuka too? Did you remember? Did you remember that one? Don't no, name names. Oh, sorry. oh, sorry. He's one of the one of the mm. one of the local um, Thunder guys. Um, okay, so you're talking about it, bomber, at not bomber, bomber. Are you talking best or bomber? Well, I was, I was referencing yes. bomber for some of the me when I was talking to you about. Yeah. Hey, watch this. Yeah, this was but, bomber yeah. too. Okay, so what would happen to bomber? He, with just, the, a Zoot, a he took off in his Stuka, and I don't know how he not he didn't crash it. It kept stalling, snap rolling. It was all over the place. Oh. I was not there. I must have been under, under the. Uh, oh stands. yeah, he was because I kept my camera on. I'm trying to get pictures, and he had a little. <laughs> Why didn't you holler for me? Uh, <laughs> hey Lee, come up here. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got a crash, <laughs> and he had a little bomb on it. And after he dropped the bomb, he seemed to fly a little better. But he was still. I I, I don't know how he didn't crash it. it. And when he landed, I asked him, "You know, is it you got CG problem or something?" He goes, "No, no, I just kept losing orientation." Huh. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I will say I'm looking at my videos and it was very hazy and it's dark yeah. videos. Yeah. Wow. He was trolling you. I Maybe mean, he was trolling me because it was just a flying farmer routine. Yeah. <laughs> flying so, farmer Stuka. Right, <laughs> Last year I didn't get any photos of my plane. This year oh. I'll make sure everybody takes pictures. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, that's about all the stories I had. Oh, one last thing. Uh, I, I oh. Surprisingly, it's okay. We're just pulling a Terry. Oh wait, wait! Something more about me. One last thing. Uh, surprisingly, I got an award for best EDF for some reason. Oh, cool! The, Which one? Uh, I was flying the Avanti. Oh, okay. Your uh, repair job. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations. Yeah, that was really nice. I was surprised. Like, huh? What? It's just a little, you know, just an Avanti. But uh, he was impressed how I flew it and how it sounded. So I was, I was really grateful. That was really nice of them. Yeah, that was a nice award for your ARF. That you bought parts for <laughs> Well, I didn't rebuild it, so is it really an ARF when I actually... <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> really true. deep reconstructed it? Yeah, you've got fingerprints on the inside of that thing, so I guess that counts. Yeah, yeah. And I did I did fly it pretty aggressively when I was out there, so I was having a good time with it. Well, all right, cool. You got anything else to add, Lee? <laughs> I missed largest plane by one inch. Oh, who's oh, a bigger man. one? <laughs> The uh, the 3D plane. 
Oh, you should have right. taped some winglets on it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had a couple of ribs, like big, big uh, Airbus <laughs> little winglets there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, oh, well. that sucks. But I will say, I was very, very happy with the way the Cub flew. I had a great time. Really enjoyed flying it there at best. Yeah, it looked nice in the air. The, the touch and goes in the grass refined definitely has a lot of torque. This is probably the first plane I've ever experienced extreme torque on full throttle. Oh, really? You know, where you needed right rudder. Right full I rudder, I, Captain. Felt, I, was, I was really having to, to correct it when it would throttle up. Which plane um, was this? This is that uh, CMP Cub that I got. Oh, the big one. Yeah, oh, old Sparky. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully next uh, episode we'll talk about that because I'm hoping to get those connectors mm. replaced. But go ahead. What was your question, Terry? Does it have some right thrust built into it? You know, I don't think it did because this was this was the one the guy had built and I re, re repaired. But the problem was his cowl was already fixed to that really small hub. So I'm going to have to do some changes to get – I am going to need to put some right thrust in it. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I don't think he, he put that in there. And, again, this is the first time I've ever experienced such radical uh, left torque on it. So. Well, uh, but no, that, that flew great. I had a good time. I mean, the one, the, the <laughs> when the rains came, the tent that we had, the 10 by 20 uh, we put together uh, was just totally worthless because the rain like crawled up the the roof and into the vent and just poured <laughs> right down on top of everything underneath the canopy. And then the winds were strong and I was holding that thing down. So, but luckily it was at the end of the day. So, uh, other than that, it was it was probably warmer than usual. But I've, I've, I know it's been worse. It, it, it was no Arizona. Uh, Arizona. It was no Arkansas. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's how we rate heat now. <laughs> the, the, Everything's relative. It's so small. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I've it's been hot here in Texas, but damn, that was hot. That was hot. That was hot, it was hot and stuffy. I mean, it was like there was no air. We felt like you were on a heater. Yeah. <laughs> Heat was coming from the top and below. Uh, uh, but no, best best was great. I think I you know, want a couple of nice little planes. I don't know what I'm going to do with that extra yet at 300. I guess I'll put that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. You cleaned up on a lottery. Oh, but I haven't. I told Terry. I don't think I told Fitz, but you know the uh, the jet I won, that little Russian jet? Yeah, that's you. 27 or 35, something like that? Uh, 79, 36. I, uh, 52 yeah, and a half. That, that little, yeah. <laughs> whatever 21, whatever it takes. Well, I, I opened the box, and it had a lipo in there. Oh, nice. <laughs> this Well, this kit came out in, what, 2005, Terry? Was that I told oh, you? Oh, uh, oh. I thought it was earlier than that. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is a very old kit. There's a 3S 2200 lipo in there. I did do a, uh, a balance check on it, and it sure enough, it had like 3.6 volts on each cell. Huh. <laughs> so how about that yeah. what's the discharge uh, rating on it I, I don't know probably 5c <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on there that's before they rated c rating does he uh, does he even have balance plugs uh yeah it did oh, actually okay. so yeah it was, it's uh, not too old anyway so to me we'll, a connector uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah to me a connector <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, no it's a thunder thunder power taps well so that'll be fun I'll, I'll get I'll put that one together hmm so, yeah, cool. Well, I guess we should uh, mention uh, another um, show appreciation for the uh, Tri-Counter Bombstormers for hosting yet another great best event. Uh, so I think they went really smooth, and we had a great time as usual. And uh, we definitely look forward to going back again next year. Again, well, they have some other events too that uh, I want to. They have a Big Bird event like in April. I think. Oh, that's so right. Yeah, 
I'll need to go out there again, and I'll you know obviously attend some events to take some photos. Yeah, I'm heading to Wings Over Houston tomorrow, and Fitz I hear is going to be joining me. I so we'll be out there. Yeah, probably one of the one of the. Mm, well, I've, I've been to one where the weather was so bad it canceled. So I don't think it's going to be that bad, but no. it's, we're expecting rain tomorrow. So it's not going to be a great day, but I'm taking my, my youngest with me and we're going to hang out and have a great day yeah, tomorrow. Uh, Sometimes yeah. that works out the best because the forecast keeps everybody home, but then it turns out nice and you get the whole place to yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a lot of static photography. So test my camera out, yeah. see if it, uh, see if Canon did their job and fix my camera. <laughs> see if all the screws are in. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. I wanted to add one more thing before we uh, end the show, Fitz, and that was a uh, uh, Randy from Randy's Hobbies. I uh, just wanted to give him a shout out. Just want to let him know I was thinking about him. His father passed away. Oh wow! I, was, I saw a post on uh, on Facebook and uh, didn't didn't know his father, but I feel I feel bad for Randy. But then what really irked me was that his father died. I think on Friday, on a Friday, and then on Monday they got broken into. Oh, so oh yeah! Someone take, came in and stole a lot of cars and a couple of radios and just you know, uh, darling, people are bad. People so are people. Are, humans are bad. Just stop that! Yeah. And I just you know, just shout out Randy. Randy, sorry for your loss, your father, and sorry about your hobby shop. But I hope you get things going back because you know you're my you're my hobby shop. I like coming out there and hanging with you guys. And hope you're back in back in the saddle yeah, soon. If you're in the area, show Randy's hobbies there your support. We wish him well. Uh, hey, speaking of events, uh, at one time you guys were talking about going to the Builders event in San Antonio. That's tomorrow. So it sounds like your plans have changed. Yeah, my plans have changed. I had definitely planned on, in fact, I had been working on some aircraft to take out there this past week. Uh, it was a combination of the really bad weather uh, predictions uh, for that weekend and me going to the air show. I hadn't really planned on going to the air show, but I was made an offer I couldn't refuse. So... Um, uh, so I'm going to again miss it again this year. I am so sorry, guys. Sorry, uh, George. Sorry, George. I am uh, my deepest apologies. Uh, I was like I said, I was even working on aircraft to take out there, dusting off some even old one. I hadn't flown in a long time. So please do it again next year. Please, 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 and I'll try to make it out. And maybe Lee can uh, join us as well. But don't hold it on the same weekend as the. <laughs> 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 hey, and speaking of events, because it's. My God, I can't believe it. It's two weeks away, Fitz. Flight Fest, Texas. Two oh, weeks away. You guys away. are going to that thing? Yes. Don't yeah, waste I... your time. You'll hate it. <laughs> Flight Fest, yes. And I, and I actually bought my ticket, so I actually bought it ahead Yay, of time. Cool. So I expect are you, you to call me out next there? week. Hmm? This is another overnight gig for you guys? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We, uh, Lee and I need to coordinate. Uh, he, he, he contacted He sent me a message early this week, and I guess we need to talk and uh, strategize what we're going to do. Definitely strategery. Yeah, we got to get that going. Strategery. Now, yeah. do you have any awesome. foam board airplanes yet? Actually, I've uh, just started working on one today. I actually have one of the flight tests. Uh, it's called uh, Vector. I think it's called. Yeah. It, was that the one that uh, Tony had? No, he had the little uh, uh, long easy. Oh, that way. Okay. This one is another canard. I bought it at the local hobby shop because I thought it looked neat. Oh, right, right. You and, told us uh, about that before. And it's been in the package forever. And I was like, I need to really take a look at this. And so just today, I actually started putting it together. Um, it's interesting building one of these things. It's a, they use a pretty clever and interesting technique. Um, yeah. Although I'm going to ding them a little bit on their instructions or lack of instructions. Uh they, they they have some video, but for somebody who just wants to read a quick instruction and 
uh, for a couple of minutes. Um, there wasn't a whole lot. They had something on their website. They had a few pictures, but there was a lot of gaps. And so I was able to go through it. But if somebody was building one of these for the first time, I can see they might have some issues uh, figuring things out without a nice, good printed instructions. Uh, but the plane's pretty neat, and it's pretty much done. I just have to... I, I realize I don't know if I have a motor for it. I have one that'll fit, but the KV seems to be a bit off from what they recommend, so I'm working that out. But other than that, it's pretty much 90% done. So it's a definitely it's, a one-evening build. What's I'm sure there's a motor in that garage of the 100-plus planes <laughs> you can carefully remove to use for that. I'll, I'll so poke around. Well, Did you I use hot add, glue? Yeah, I use hot glue for okay. everything. So now your garage and all your clothes are covered in angel hair? No, no, no. The, the glue I used was not too bad. Didn't really okay. angel hair very very well, much at all. It was really nice. So, yeah, it's, diff it's definitely a different way of building an airplane. I admit that. That's something. <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> yeah, it takes some getting used to. Yeah. I've used those techniques in other things, and so it's. I think it's adaptable. Yeah, it's a very clever design. It, it's like, kudos to them for their for really in, uh, inventiveness and in, in how that's constructed. Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to follow up on that. <laughs> I'm going to follow up. I did get the Spitfire kit when I was um, at uh, Saran... What are they called? Samanos. Samanos. Okay. Uh, got this uh, Spitfire, but I also bought some extra sheets to do that Thunder and Lightning, which failed miserably. But I want to tell you, Fitz, the sheets you gave me that you brought to best yeah. that I put in the trailer, when I got them home, every one of them was buckled. Buckled? Yeah, they were just completely warped. I mean... Are these the water-resistant? Yeah. What happened? They Did it get too hot or something? I, I guess they got too hot, and then after the rains, maybe it got too humid, but... Man, they are just—they are not going flat. Oh so, man, sorry to hear that. I think those, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I think you got to keep those in a in a proper air conditioned room or something. And <laughs> as I as I mentioned, my thunder and lightning just completely disassembled on its own in the back of my <laughs> truck. So I wow. am going to have to start from scratch and do another one. But obviously, I need to learn the correct procedures on gluing and using adhesives on this thing. Maybe I might get a staple gun or two. <laughs> staple together. <laughs> 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 because that basswood did not stick at all to that foam, so staple and rivets. <laughs> there you go. But uh, we'll we'll uh, hopefully maybe do an update before we leave, Fist. Maybe you and I could do something quick, a little uh, little excerpt. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe a video before we leave, and then do it like a before and after. Here's what we brought. Here's what uh, we came back with. Because <laughs> that's another recording so, weekend, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it you is. guys yeah. are going to do another on-site. So maybe, yeah, like. we'll do another on-site. Well, maybe if we can, uh, I don't know how Apache passes, but if we get a better signal and you and I can, uh, or I will do a better job at trying to videotape a, a live feed, yeah. then maybe maybe uh, Terry can jump in and, and you know, be responding and stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll if I feel like it. You, you will feel like it. We're telling you. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, is there anything else, guys? Can't possibly be. Okay. Well. I know we can talk longer, but I'm sure everybody else is at their destination and they're going, are they going to be done yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll just wrap this up then. Uh, as Lee said, we're going to be at bomb at uh, Flight Fest, Texas in a couple of weeks. If you are uh, a listener to the show, please uh, come up say hello. We'd like to talk to our listeners all the time. And um, if you ask nicely, maybe we'll give you a sticker. Uh, so one, other, one last thing. A uh, reminder that Lee has been 
dutifully and faithfully posting his uh, bomber video footage on our YouTube page. Just a reminder that we, uh, RC Roundtable, have a YouTube page, and there's a whole bunch of videos up there of the bomber field footage and all the neat planes that are flying around. And uh, if you get a chance, go to our Facebook and like our page if you haven't done so already. I think we're really close to reaching the milestone where we can have the giveaway. What was it? 581 is our goal. Is that right, Lee? Uh, it's 581 or 83, but we're at 571 right now. So yeah, it, it really jumped up a lot during the last two weeks when you guys were at Barmer Field. And then, <laughs> Someone <yeah>. named Fitz called <laughs> <laughs> in 100 with one cast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, once we hit that magic number, it's uh, we're giving away a Balsa USA kit, courtesy of Balsa USA. Thanks, Joe. And Joe said he'd throw in some more goodies, too. So oh. who knows? Mystery bag. So. I like goodies. Yeah. I like goodies too. So click that like button. Click it, click, click, click. Yeah. I think you're supposed to say smash. Smash, right? hit, touch, whatever. That's, that's what Activate. People say. Uh, execute. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever makes a like button like more. So <laughs> <laughs> please do so if you haven't done so already. And we all, as always, we thank you for listening. And uh, stay tuned for our event report from Flight Fest Texas. Until next time, don't fly like my brother. Don't fly like my brother. brother. (laughs) Bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.